<laughs> I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. And we are one for two on our intros. Yeah, That's we, okay. It's fine. That's Better fine. luck next time. Yep. We, we got can, this. We can't win them all. <laughs> More caffeine. <laughs> Do not. I have a joke for you. Okay. What is a zombie's least favorite candy? I don't know. Lifesavers. That's funny. <laughs> I was more of a fan of the gummy lifesavers. Yeah. Those are delicious. Yes. <laughs> I have one for you, too. I'm ready. What's the first sign that your house is haunted? I don't know. What? All your sheets are missing. <laughs> no feet. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh-huh. Yay. All right. Ghoul's Go- news. Ghoul's news. All right. We're getting to it. We tired. Ghoul's news. Ghoul's news. <laughs> so much trying. This is great. So much effort. We got this. We're doing great. So, again, reminder, please don't forget to check out Kitty FX Shop. Yes! Fabulous handmade goods. Yes. All the spooky and Halloween. Uh, I know they've got, they're making some stuff right now to bring out soon. Um, I don't know if they're going to be at CreepyCon. Possibly. Potentially. I feel like I saw something about it, but I don't want to commit. Yeah. But anyway, but please... Look for them, kittyfxshop.com. Also, look for them on Instagram and use our code in our shop, Squad Ghouls, and receive 15%. I feel like it's 20, but I don't want It's wanna, 20. It's a percentage off of your order. It's either 15 or 20. Either way, you're saving some money. You win. Yeah. Hooray. Yes. So please go check them out. Yes. Delightful. I, yes. <laughs> And then we want to share uh, just a couple of books that we've been reading or some movies slash shows that we've been watching that are in the horror genre. Uh, so I'm still reading Sanatorium. There's no change. I haven't had time. I'm still reading my neurology textbook. And here we are. <laughs> but uh, one of the most... It's a show, not necessarily a movie. Uh, I just started watching it on HBO Max. So, do you remember that show like a while back called Pretty Little Liars? Uh, I've I've heard of it. I have never actually seen an episode, but the theme song by The Secrets is mm-hmm. or The Pierces, yes, is great. Yes. Okay. So it has upgraded. So this series is called Pretty Little Liars: Original Sin. Mm. And I have been watching it so far this season, and it is very spooky. Oh, really? And lots of people die. Okay. I'm I'm here for it. It's like very dark, spooky. Not like how the the original show was just kind of a little creepy, Mm -hmm. but more about like high school drama. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't. Yeah, really get into it. I watched like a first uh, first few seasons, and then I just yeah, I lost track. But anyway, but this one though, still a little bit of the high school drama, but it dives super deep, and I will 
just make a note for those who have been through um, rape and abusive type traumas. Just beware. I'm tapping out. It it kind of touches on that a little bit. Do you see with high it? school? I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. But they mention it, and there's a disclosure at the beginning of every episode, so I'm assuming it's coming. Okay. But there is a little bit here and there, like little glimpses of it. Just like I said, there may be some trigger warnings, but I, like I said, I haven't like really reached that part yet, mm-hmm. but I can see that it's getting there. Got so it. just letting you know, I feel like hopefully you won't see it but it is hbo max so uh, i don't know i feel like they're trying to kind of push the limit with this show a little bit but i have really been enjoying it though other than that okay good so to know check it out it's still in the first season uh each episode uh releases on thursdays good to know yeah the movie that i recently watched was it's free on amazon prime it's called saint maud Ooh. and i, I kept seeing it pop up with jeff bezos telling me that it might be a movie that i like (laughs) and i'm like well freaking hey okay i'll just finally watch it so i watched it and it's disturbing so it follows a uh nun or a woman who is a converted converted into a nun went through postulate training blah 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 and she works in hospice care helping patients that are you know dying and she's with this one woman in particular and she believes that she was sent by the lord to save this woman's soul the lord the lie detector test determined that was a lie (laughs) and she (laughs) sorry and i'm running out of the studio all around with the cameras chasing me yeah but it's it's a wild story it's really well done um it's very unassuming but it's Hmm also very unsettling so i recommend okay four out of five stars it's worth a watch hey it's a four out of five yeah i'll watch it yeah okay indeed all right should we get into booze news yes let's do it booze news booze news almost <laughs> almost we're close oh we're close. man <laughs> all right the energy drink starting to wind down i know i'm like <laughs> must keep going um so officially announced uh director todd phillips sequel joker for les adieu i saw this Uh uh-huh will be arriving in theaters from warner brothers on october 4th 2024 for those that don't know for les adieu is a term for a shared psychosis so it would only stand to reason that uh, Harley Quinn makes an appearance and it is starring Joaquin Phoenix and none other than Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. Interesting. Yep. Interesting acting choice. Yeah. I'm, I still don't know how I feel about um, Lady Gaga's acting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just love saying it like that. Anyway. No shade. Lady Gaga. No shade. Because I think I do think she's a brilliant songwriter. Mm-hmm um that being said in house of gucci i thought that she sounded more russian than italian yeah but i I did enjoy it though a little it was fine for what it was for what it was yes because i never knew about the story 
I, I just knew that my mom liked a lot of Gucci and I never knew why. I knew about the assassination. I really liked seeing the the backstory. But yeah, yeah. she's been confirmed to play Harley Quinn. Okay. Yeah, we'll see okay. where this goes. Um, it is definitely Joaquin Phoenix's crowning role. He's such a creep. As long as she's got that strong New York Harlequin accent. Right? Because Margot Robbie's pretty fabulous. Mr. J. Right. <laughs> and spooky season is once again upon Yay! us. Which means we are, if there's any justice in the world, uh, we are going to start having horror movies gracing our television screens sooner rather than later. And that being said, AMC has confirmed that Fear Fest Yay. is coming back. Woohoo! Exciting. I know. So no kick- October. Oh God! <laughs> Hire a marketing person. I never forget that. Freaking a. Lest we never forget. <laughs> we will rebuild. <laughs> oh, Peacock! Hire a marketing person, please. Peacocktober is so terrible. Um. So fear fret fear fest kicks off on October 1st, 2022, according to their official Twitter account. No lineup is scheduled yet, or at least not the one. I'm sure that they've scheduled it. That's not an accurate statement. They just haven't released the schedule yet. There, I fixed it. Um, so, But keep an eye on their Twitter account. I'm sure they will be leaking more information soon. Yay. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Start marking some things on my DVR. Yeah, man. Well, Julius Avery, who is the director of 2018's Overlord, is heading back into the horror genre with The Pope's Exorcist. Oh, boy. Starring Russell Crowe. Oh, Russell Crowe with his dadness. (laughs) Dad bod. He's so dad in uh, Thor. Yes. So you've told me. and I'm like, I can't wait to see this. Um, But he will be playing... Uh, the uh, well, the story is based on the real life exorcist, Father Gabriel Amorth, who is the legendary Italian priest who performed over one hundred thousand exorcisms for the Vatican. That's a whole lot of exorcisms. Yes, and Russell Crowe obviously will be playing that role. That'll be interesting. Uh, so also in this, uh, Alexa, uh, Alex Esso from Dr. Sleep. Wait, how is that possible? What? Hold on, hold on. 100,000 exorcisms? 100,000 exorcisms. If he did one a day, that's 273 years of exorcisms. That's a lot. That's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> Lady with the equations right now. Like, Wait a second. <laughs> Lady with floating equations. Look, I know it's late, but <laughs> that's what they said in quotations. <laughs> Fact checked. Um <laughs> goes down rabbit hole. I'm sorry, continue. I know, but also <laughs> so Alex Esso and uh, Daniel Savato will star. Um okay, here we go. Evan Spiliotopoulos wrote the current draft with revisions by Chuck McLean based on the Michael Petroni revised uh, revised original drafts by Chester Hastings and R. Dean McCreary. Uh, Angel Gomez had previously been attached to direct the movie uh, for Screen Gems, who recently acquired the rights to Father Amorth's real-life 
exorcism tales. That's cool. Um, the exorcist director, uh, William Freakin, told Father Gabriel's uh, story in a recent documentary, The Devil and Father Amorth, which you can find on various um, video on demand outlets. And um, But just recently, Father, well, not really recently, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Father Gabriel Amorth passed away um, back in 2016 at the age of 91. Okay, I had to look it up because okay. it was killing me. Is it true? <laughs> okay, let, let <laughs> they really just... want you to see this movie because we're going to see a hundred thousand exorcisms. <laughs> okay, so here's how he defines it. Okay. They range from a few minutes to several hours in length. So oh, then okay. he claimed that in tw- by 2013, he had performed over 160,000 exorcisms in quotes in the course of his ministry that's so, crazy so but according to him each exorcism does not represent a victim of possession but rather each exorcism is counted as a prayer or ritual alone and some possession victims require hundreds of exorcisms hmm okay okay so it's a it could just be a prayer i feel better about this like having the clarity because i'm like okay i like yo <laughs> Mass not adding up here. <laughs> Fact check. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. But um, yeah, but that should be interesting though to hear about this because I've never heard about this person. Uh, I did start watching the documentary on oh, Netflix. Did. I started it, but it was a little tough to get through, and I wasn't okay. in the right mindset to be paying attention. It's um, it's very slow. Got it. Okay, so need to be awake and not watch this late at night. Got it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Don't watch so, it if you're ready for nighttime. So coming soon, a hundred thousand exorcisms on your screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! My document went away. <laughs> oh oh man. Uh, two seconds. Sorry. Okay, back to our regular schedule program. Um. <laughs> James Wan and Ingrid Bizu tease their fascination with a body horror by coming up with the story idea behind last year's Malignant, which was also directed by Wan and written by Akila Cooper. I think I did that right. Mm-hmm. But now they're taking that fascination further with a movie called Cosmetic, mm-hmm. which is set within the beauty industry. So per deadline, Cosmetic is based on a story idea by Juan and Bizu. Um, fun fact also with this, R.H. Norman and Micheline Pitt are attached to write the screenplay and direct. Hmm. And the film has been acquired by Screen Gems. Hmm. She moving up. <laughs> yeah i know what you're gonna say and just wait till i get to the end sips water <laughs> so the body horror feature is set in the beauty industry colliding the worlds of glamour and body horror in a supernatural tale of one girl's deadly pursuit of perfection so uh bizu previously shared with bloody disgusting the body horror origins that inspired malignant saying i love watching documentaries about medical um uh and normalities twins parasitic twins teratomas so that's where the idea came from i pitched it to james and he said wow this is really interesting how would that work <laughs> So I went online, did all my research about it, and I found some crazy things. So it'll definitely be interesting to see, 
like you know what they like kind of came up with but i also thought just reading this it was interesting that micheline pitt was attached to it (laughs) i mean (laughs) no offense to her obviously they believe in her and her husband you know working with this but i actually watched grummy the movie that she came out which was about her um childhood assault survival story well ghoul shops yes i'm excited so i'm actually wearing the earrings right now Woohoo! <laughs> but um at midsummer scream i met the wonderful jodel micah ferland from silent hill and it was funny because i was walking past her i was like she looks really familiar she looks like a she she is the perfect grown-up version of herself i know and i was like what is she from and then i look over, I look over to my boyfriend he's like is that the girl from silent hill and mm-hmm. then then i see the picture of her in silent hill i was like oh well duh she was and she was a beautiful little girl and she is a beautiful young woman she just like it's weird to see people how they've morphed from childhood to adulthood yeah she has just become the perfect adult version of her childhood self so gorgeous and what is amazing is not only was she there to like you know meet and uh meet and greet and sign photos but she also makes stuff she makes things and it's cool because her etsy is called micah makes stuff that's adorable (laughs) and uh yeah so she's on etsy she has a page on instagram for this with the same name and so i just chatting up with her and she was making these cute little earrings so she makes little miniatures of things and it is so perfectly well made um, I posted a picture of uh, the Oreo earrings that I'm wearing. They're the Halloween Oreos because oh, yeah, yeah. it has the orange filling, uh, you know, so apropos. And but it, it, I was torn between those and the the knife earrings that she made. But these are all handmade by her. It's just so great. Please go follow her. Buy some of her stuff, please. Um, the next one I'm going to get are the little mini pizzas. It's really cute. Adorbs. The shop that I picked was actually one uh, that we found at at Midsummer Scream, which is Old World Emporium. Oh, cool stuff. Spelled O-L-D-E. So I originally was drawn to this booth. I was walking by it, but I saw a sign that looked, a hotel sign that looked really familiar. I'm like, that's weird because hotel signs don't usually look familiar unless they're distinct from somewhere. It was the hotel sign that was used on the outside of the Cecil Hotel until it was turned into Stay on Main. <laughs> so I went, I, I recognized there's something distinct about it. So I yep. walked over and was talking to one of the proprietors and he said, oh yeah, this is the sign. I freaking knew it. I knew I'd seen that sign so somewhere. So cool. Um, so 
Old World Emporium was founded by Mystic Dylan, who, if you're local to the L.A. area, you will remember from uh, the Mystic Museum mm-hmm. in Burbank. Um, he is a re- very adept um, reader and psychic and communicator. So he and some other folks opened up Old World Emporium up in Santa Clarita, not super far in miles from Los Angeles, but super far in time and traffic. Because there's like two ways in and two ways out. And neither of them are pleasant. 405 and 5. Or 14. Not fun. Yeah. Um, But great little shop. They've got all sorts of different types of oddities. Um, You can also book a reading with Mystic Dylan. So if that is something that is up your alley, definitely do that. Um, So they have a website. It's Old World Emporium. And again, that's spelled o-l-d-e um and then they also have social media accounts under the same handle that's so cool yeah i need. i want to go up and check it out but i just don't get up that way very often because there's not that much up there but at some point we'll have to go together indeed yes so this week yeah i'm super excited about Woo-hoo. this so not many of these are haunted i will preface that yes but we did stop and think you know we live in the movie capital of the world Mm -hmm. we know that a lot of movies are shot here on sound stages and such and some stuff's filmed on location but what about a lot of spooky horror movies that are shot at crazy weird houses so we thought it would be great to do an episode outlining all of the well not all of we only picked 10 but specifically houses that were used in famous horror movies that are located in Southern California, specifically the greater Los Angeles area. So that is today's topic. So excited. Yes. Would you like to go first? Sure. So just recently we went to this house before going to midsummer scream and i was really excited because i'm like it's so close why have i not been here yet that was me going through all these like why have we not been here i'm like this makes zero sense to our life (laughs) that we have not been Mm -hmm. to any of these houses and taken photos um so anyway i'm gonna talk about the poltergeist house or uh, uh, also known as the freeling house from the poltergeist the first movie and this is located in Simi Valley, which... A stone's throw. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, like 20 minutes away? <laughs> it's on the other side of the mountain. I mean, so I just, I can't, I couldn't believe that I've never been there. But anyway, so this house is 2,373 square feet. And it's a single family home. It has four bedrooms and 2.5 bathrooms. Uh, so the Port- the Poltergeist house is one of the more recognizable movie homes from the past few decades. It got a fair amount of screen time um, as the home itself was kind of like the central character Mm -hmm. of the movie uh the house uh is located on roxbury street in simi valley just outside of la and while it's not supposedly built on a cemetery you may not want to live there (laughs) (laughs) because you have weirdos like us come by yeah exactly that but also people are, are really 
hesitant about this house because of all the um because of the franchise being cursed yeah we all know this story i I know we've talked about it Mm -hmm. uh but of course just to remind you all the things that happened during this franchise dominique dunn Mm -hmm. heather or work will sampson julian beck they all died Mm -hmm. two were like premature and and then some of them were unexpected but also the rumors are and this it's kind of touched on in the movie as well but they really do think that the whole um area um was um there were graves of the shumash indian tribe um that tracks yeah that inhabited that area in the 1800s and they were actually excavated and relocated to what is now shumash park in order to build all those those homes in that track over there this tracks i was like "Mm." (laughs) but there's like no actual records but i feel like is that something you actually want to record because you can get in a lot of trouble for that well look at canada right now (laughs) how many hundreds of bodies have they found on school grounds and such yeah from native people that were just thrown in mass graves and forgotten about yeah so it's you know, it's a very interesting, um, you know, just seeing that. And I tried to, like, kind of go down the rabbit hole with it, but it's like, ah, for another time. Um, <laughs> but there's just, you know, the actual franchise uh, curse and then also the curse of the, the Shumash Indian, rightfully so, um, <laughs> if that's what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the outside, it looks kind of like you're ordinary house nothing's wrong here it's a cute little house yeah got a little cute little corner design but anyway the the uh movie's production designer jim spencer he said that steven spielberg who was um producing on this uh he liked the house because it was at the end of the road it was a two-story valley type mock tutor and it was just it just fit everything in the neighborhood they called it the spielberg bergia or berkeley i don't know how spielbergia yeah so spielbergia um and it's kind of like the idea of like you know where they did et and a couple other films that kind of had the same type of like suburban neighborhoods um and so he always wanted it to make it feel like it was just some normal neighborhood and i was like yeah that that kind of works as driving around there um before we went to midsummer scream that kind of fits <laughs> just pick a house that where you don't think anything's gonna happen right ever so that it totally fits but um i was trying to look up more information in the house so it hasn't had any other owners since it was built in 1979 but it's also known fact that the um the owners don't really like the attention that the house is getting (laughs) oh so it probably was bad that we were just like let's just go take a good picture this is fine i'm sure they're used to it by now they're probably just like whatever just don't come on my property you could stand in the street and take the picture. We were across the street. We were very yeah, respectful. Yeah, we were across the street. We'll I, have to post those pictures too. I when was we gonna do this. say that's actually while you're telling. Oh, the look story, at you! <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> we staying busy. <laughs> we working. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, there's not too much more information on that other than you know supposed of um, 
Chumash Indian tribe being buried in that whole residential area, which I find very interesting. And then the story was kind of, the movie was about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of funny how uh, they picked that area. I found that very, very interesting. But um, but yeah, it was a really pretty house. Very nice landscaping. Um, If you happen to be heading to the Simi Valley area, check it out. Cute little drive-by. It's easy to get to. Yeah, super easy. And mm-hmm. then you can go eat after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first house that I picked is we're going to start strong. And then we'll kind of like, like lull in the middle. Not lull. I mean, they're still cool. But then we'll, we'll finish strong. Um, so the first house that I picked is none other than the Myers house. So oh, yay. That was actually the second set of pictures that I was doing a side-by-side of for us. Oh my God, you're amazing with this. <laughs> Select crap. And now we have to go to all the other houses now before I we put this know. out. <laughs> um, so the Myers house was originally located at 1000 Mission Street in South Pasadena, California. Um, however, it was relocated and currently sits... Um, at 709 Mar- or no 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 I'm sorry that's a lie the lie detector has determined that's a lie I'm backwards it started at 709 Meriden Avenue now it's on 1000 Mission Street oh alright or backwards yep. I don't know I'm sorry it's late <laughs> I'm doing the best I can it's, it's at one of those this. addresses we're doing great um, yep it's right next to Sugar Mint Gallery you're welcome yes so uh unlike many of the horror movies filmed today halloween was filmed the original halloween was filmed in an actual house rather than on a movie set um which adds a a layer of authenticity to the movie for those of you that are killer fans and this house actually exists you can visit it you can't go inside i think it's a set of office buildings now like dentists and such it's one of those things i know boo missed opportunity i know (laughs) Um, but aside from its significance as a famous film location south pasadena has also recognized the house as possibly being the city's oldest surviving frame residence as it was built in 1888 oh yeah um and a lot of historical Historians actually consider the house to be the city's first duplex, marking the arrival of settlers from Indiana and their Midwestern influence on local architecture. Ooh. All right. So it's a blend of different architectural styles um, with Midwestern Greek revival and salt box characteristics, as well as East Lake elements, such as gable ornaments. I don't know what any of that means, but I'm assuming that if you were some sort of an architecture major, you probably do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of pretty. That's all I know yes um so this house kind of has a little bit of a sad history because it was almost destroyed it was set to be bulldozed in 1987 to make way for a hospital i mean they're they're important but i mean man um so fortunately it was it was salvaged and moved from its original location to its current residence on mission street so there you go originally on meriden now it's on mission oh got it um so owner david margrave saved the house from imminent destruction on a whim he recalled that there were six houses side by side on meriden avenue during the course of about a three-week period there were homes removed each day one at a time and the century home was the last standing in that area so when he went by the demolition site and saw the house about to be demolished he impulsively asked the bulldozer driver driver to stop as he was just giving the walls of the rickety old house its first push 
like inches from death. So after he saved the house from immediate danger, he went to the owner, Dr. Joseph Cohn's office and offered him a silver dollar for the home. Dr. Cohn accepted the deal along with the promise to move the house within one week. So unfortunately for good old Dave, he didn't have anywhere to put it. He owned no land, nowhere with which to move the house to. Oh boy. Right? And for those of you that have ever bought a home or bought any property, you know that closing in a week is damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In a brash move one night, he paid movers to transport the old structure onto some nearby railroad property, which is where it sits today. So even though he didn't have permission to relocate the house, it remains there because the city of South Pasadena recognized its historical significance and allowed it to stay. So it seems really weird. Like if you go to the house and I'll post the pictures from um, when we went, but Mm -hmm. if you go there, it's inches from the train tracks yeah like they're literally right right there there. yeah (laughs) i think we got scared once when a train was like passing by (laughs) yeah and there's there's a little gate and stuff so that you don't just immediately walk onto the train tracks and such but um i do love visiting uh sugarman gallery that's that's you know two houses down it's a, a very cute little craftsman home that has rotating exhibitions and they do little pop up markets and show movies and the backyard and such is not huge um and they, oh they also made it into a scare b&b oh yeah um so i do want to stay i would like to one also, of these times indeed but it is right next to the myers house so anytime you go to sugar mint gallery you can stop at the a myers house um it's obviously been painted and cleaned up and such so it doesn't look like the decrepit old building that it was in the original halloween right <laughs> um but then also there's a lot of great stuff just across the street in downtown pasadena or old town pasadena i should say there's a lot of little little shops little antique malls which i love going down that rabbit hole of an antique mall um and it's a super fun time so definitely go check it out it's at 1000 mission street south pasadena that's the correct one sorry folks it's late and it's been a week (laughs) we got this we're doing great we're doing great yeah well the next one i want to talk about i've actually been to this one but i didn't take pictures Mm -hmm. and it's the nightmare on elm street house i know i'm so sad that i I don't have a picture here either i know i went but yeah i just i never took a picture it was kind of more like a drive-by thing when i went uh well it is located at 1428 north genesee avenue in west hollywood though i'm like it's kind of borderline beverly hills beverly hills it's like west hollywood beverly hills i don't anyway it's it's just like right there at the line (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so the exterior of the home featured fairly prominent in the movie and fun fact the address of the house in the movie was 1428 elm street Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool and i like when i had to go back and look at i was like oh yeah (laughs) it's the same address well same number anyway but thought that was really cool anyway so it's located just over a mile away from the sunset strip and it's in the dutch colonial style with a modern twist uh three bedrooms 3.5 bathrooms two stories uh the main house has stunning i got this from redfin um (laughs) oh yeah because it was just for sale yes (laughs) so this is how it was described stunning walnut floors weaving through archways and past bright windows (laughs) 
a real estate agent. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Highlights include an open retro modern kitchen, beautiful built-ins, a grand primary suite, bathrooms en suite in every bedroom, separate laundry room, and multiple work from home options. Oh, I would do like a work from home option. <laughs> I know. <laughs> patios terraces picture windows and countless french doors oh wait what more can you ask for (laughs) to be able to count the french doors yeah exactly (laughs) so it was originally constructed in 1919 um and after the movie was shot the owners allowed the house kind of to fall in disrepair while the outside needed much more than a lick of paint the inside was probably worse like they just didn't update anything. So thankfully, uh, you know, the house didn't remain this way there. So after the movie, there was a new owner who purchased the house in uh, 2006 and she did many uh, renovations. So it, you know, started to change quite a bit. And for some reason, with every new owner, the color of the door changed, <laughs> which I found really interesting. Um, so eventually, uh, she changed it oh yeah she changed the color and there was like a a large plant that like was like growing on the outside but anyway so after the renovations were complete the property sold for 2.1 million this tracks yes sounds like los angeles and then uh writer uh and director uh lorene scafaria I hope I said that right. Anyway, she was the director of Hustlers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she bought it in 2013 uh, for the 2.1. And then it went back online and she did more renovations to it. And the door is now black. I see a red door and I want to paint it black. Yep. I mean, there's some truth yeah, to that. Yeah, she did that. Um, and But she sold it. Uh, well, it sold for 3.25. Nice yeah uh but it's also noted that area where that house is located has been used for you know many movies and tv shows kind of as like the small town usa which is really interesting because there aren't very many palm trees around in that area Mm -hmm. which is surprising uh but the the iconic house isn't just a place of horror it's also a location uh the location for a bo burnham inside which is a solo musical comedy special shot and produced during the height of the pandemic. And it was a possible Grammy contender. Mm. So there was other things that happened there, but that was one of them. So yeah, whoever uh, bought it, have fun. And Cause we're going to be there taking pictures. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and the second one that I picked is, one of the homes that was used in the filming of the series, What We Do in the Shadows. Woo! I have to go see this. Yeah, so <laughs> not a whole lot of information on this one, so I just included a couple of different things about the uh, person that it's named after and the construction of it. So I should also preface this by saying there are several locations, most notably in Toronto, yay Canada, um, that were used for filming for what we do in the shadows. 
But this house is called Rose Hedge, or also known as the Jared S. Torrance House. And oh. it is located at 929 Buena Vista Street in South Pasadena, California. Oh. Zip code 91030. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as I mentioned, it's filmed in a ton of different places. There's actually, I found a really great website, and I wish I would have written it down, but I did not. That documents all the different houses that it was shot at, and like where the Vampire Nightclub is, and, and all these different That's things. So cool. I know. <laughs> um, but this is one of them. So, it's an Eight bedroom, five bathroom, 13,000 square foot house. That's a lot of square feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And it comes complete with an indoor pool, a chapel, and an organ loft. It was originally built in 1904 at a cost of $25,000 for Emma B. Childs, who was the widow of George W. Childs. Everyone knows who that is, right? Cool, I didn't. Uh, the edi- <laughs> former editor of the Philadelphia Ledger. I'm not up on my early 20th century newspaper editors. Um, so he was a noted philanthropist who wintered in Pasadena. He was a snowbird. So this is a Tudor style, or I'm sorry, a Tudor reviver, reviver, what? Tudor revival, we're doing great, <laughs> style mansion uh, that was originally sold in 1910 to Jared Sidney Torrance, original owner and namesake of the city 19 miles southwest of downtown LA, as in Torrance, California. Okay. Next to, or close to Disneyland. Yes. Um, he planned the community in 1911 on 3,500 acres that he owned. He was also very active in the Pasadena Tournament of Roses, and this interest was reflected in the name of the home and in the pink roses that are hand-painted on the parlor ceiling. So Rose Hedge, uh, which remained in Torrance's family until 1931, had become known in recent years as South Pasadena's Mystery Mansion because of its neglected appearance and vine-covered facade. I could not find anything listing if this house is haunted. I'm sure it is. Um, But it looks, some of the pictures that you can see of it looking kind of dilapidated, it looks real, real creepy. Ooh. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, but it is, um, and we're in Pasadena all the time, so... And I've been really craving some Millie's Cafe, so or Millie's Diner, so uh, pancakes. I know mm, vegan milkshake, <laughs> food. No, <laughs> that's me every time. Anyway, well, <laughs> so the next house I'm going to talk about is the Morin House from the Entity, and that is located at five two three Sheldon Street in El Segundo. So by the airport. Yeah. So fun fact, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> you so, haven't? I've never seen this movie. Oh, girl. And so when I was reading about it, I was like, oh, I'm going down the rabbit hole with this one. Okay, it's super 80s. <laughs> yeah, well, I got that. It's super 80s. <laughs> I got that. But it's so freaking scary. Yeah, so <laughs> there's not too much about the actual house, so <clears throat> I'm just gonna just dive in some little snippets about the real story (laughs) but uh so this house so the entity came out in 1983 and the movie is based on the alleged haunting of doris bither 
but she was renamed uh, Carla Moran in the movie. Um, but the fun thing about this is the the real life house where everything actually happened is only about seven miles north from the movie location, mm. which I thought was kind of weird. That's still pretty close. That's too close for comfort. That's really close. And when I get into what happened, you can understand why. Uh, so the original, um, this, the filming location was built in 1952. It was last sold in 1997 for uh, $285,000. Uh, now they've done some different renovations with it. I think it's kind of sort of like a duplex now. They throw the demons in for free. Yes. <laughs> uh, now it's worth a $1.4 million if it's put back on the market. Mm, those are not free demons no no that's just the growing demons <laughs> <laughs> so another little fun fact about so i'm gonna get into the the real house <laughs> that's located seven miles away um so doris bither she was actually renting the home at the time so after hearing what happened there the owner was like nah fuck that <laughs> So he sold the house in December of 1974, forcing, unfortunately, forcing them to move. And but then they said since the family moved from that location, that there has been no paranormal activity reported ever since then. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that's a lie, but anyway, the lie detector has determined. <laughs> so. A little background. So Doris Bither was not married at the time and had suffered from possible health issues that may have required her to take some type of medication. Um, But it was deemed that due to trauma and other mental issues that may have stemmed from a difficult childhood, the medication that was prescribed to her may have been used, uh, may have been used to treat her. uh, So it's just there's, she's got like a whole mess going on in her life and they think this is kind of like d- maybe why the spirits may have attached to her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so getting more in the story because I had no idea. Girl, you gotta watch the movie. I know. Like, I the had movie no is idea w- this was based on a real thing. It's wild. So, so she told people that while she was asleep, well, she was asleep and then she was awakened only to be raped by what appeared to be three spirits. I'm like, oh my God. It's, <laughs> oh yeah. my God. They made a movie about this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but it's it, the wild part is everything having to do with like the electrical in the house and how it was transporting. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It, Mm-hmm. yeah girl just watch it yeah but just reading like the real life story i was like mm-hmm. oh girl i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i could watch that <laughs> but there was like a whole investigation about it um and the, so the house is still there but basically they think after uh doris bither and her family left you know they they think that it just went with her yes it followed her so it just followed her so that's why they believe that it's not the place isn't haunted rather the person is haunted but now i'm gonna watch it because i'm a little intrigued but also a little freaked out because if that happened to me i really don't know what i would think (laughs) 
like seriously like three ghosts attacking three, three you. ghosts one brie <laughs> you're welcome i just that yeah that'll be the title of my book um i just yeah I, I'm, okay you know what maybe i'll come over and i'll watch it with you we should movie night yeah but i just yeah i went way down the rabbit hole and i probably shouldn't have but yeah so the entity mm-hmm. <laughs> go check out the house in el segundo mm-hmm. it's wild <laughs> or go it's, to the real one seven miles away it's a wild story friend. yeah <laughs> i think we should go to the real one it was one of the first scary movies that i watched as a as a young adolescent and i'm going whoa yeah i think that's one i would have been like yeah it's it's a lot mm, i don't know <sighs> but the second house that i picked is a lesser known one but it's and i'm so pissed it's down the street from my office what it's in granada hills what yes it's anthony's house from twilight zone the movie i'm gonna go see this all right so it is located at 17410 mayerling street it's m-a-y-e-r-l-i-n-g street i would have never thought like a house like that would be right there right well granada hills is bougie yeah it's hot as hell but it's yeah i was like never mind you're right um (laughs) but so full transparency i had a hard time finding a lot of the research for this Mm -hmm. house so i found a blog giving credit where credit's due called i am not a stalker um oh yeah i found some from there too yeah and she's got a ton of great pictures yeah so if you just search twilight zone anthony's house i am not a stalker please read her blog she has all these really great pictures of it because it's a beautiful house yeah um so it is a queen Anne style home that was originally built in 1887 by prominent san francisco architect joseph cather newsom who also gave us the walker house in san dimas the sessions house in echo park Mm. and the carson mansion in eureka oh wow yeah and this is um listed on the los angeles office of historic resources as a historic home like it's got the full listing with all of the i I don't know if you've ever read any of the historic home listings but they're basically Mm -hmm. like watching paint dry they're so specific in like the details of the architecture so if you're an architecture guru and lover this is fascinating for you for me it's a little tough um but it has all of the individual components of it that prove its historical significance based on the time period it was built and its um exemplary condition of you know exhibiting qualities of a particular time period something along those lines so uh it was initially located in pacoima but again apparently i just like to pick houses that have been picked up and moved um it was initially located in pacoima but was moved like literally picked up and relocated to where it is now on maryling street in granada hills in the 1970s so it currently has five bedrooms four bathrooms 3,820, no, I'm sorry, 3,842 square feet of living space, 11 foot ceilings, stained glass windows, hardwood flooring, two fireplaces, a glass ceilinged conservatory, which sounds to die for, um, a wraparound porch, its own little vineyard, and a detached one bedroom, one bathroom guest house with a kitchen and a private yard. The lot that it's on is actually quite large. 
Wow. Um, and the little guest house is really cute. It looks like a little self-contained barn. It's darling. Um, so I highly recommend going by and checking it out. So the particular component of the Twilight Zone movie that it's from is from the chapter called It's a Good Life, which was actually uh, part featured in a separate TV episode of the Twilight Zone, as most of the other chapters of the movie were. Um and it centers around a disturbed young boy named Anthony who can create things with his mind. And of these things, he conjures up a Victorian house based upon the one featured in the cartoon Mouse Wreckers. So as you saw in the movie, anyone that comes across this child meets some sort of an untimely demise. But the house itself is beautiful. It's got all of the stained glass. It's it's really spectacular so absolutely go and check it out and i'm really bummed that it was down the street from my office and i never knew or went to visit it when i had to commute to work not that i want to go commute to work again because i don't but (laughs) i just wish that when i was i would have took the edge off of the commute by going and checking it out yeah well, the next one I am doing is the the Robeson Funeral Home from Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. I've actually also been to this house, but did not realize that's what it was. Ah. But I forget what I was doing in that area, but I happened to pass it. But anyway, it is at 2215 South Harbor, Harvard Boulevard in the Adams uh, Normandy area. Um so the actual the real name of this house is it's the thomas w phillips residence um and it's also a los angeles historic cultural monument and which i didn't know that either (laughs) so the residence was constructed in 1905 by the architecture team of Sumner B. Hunt and Abraham Wesley Eager. Hunt was also responsible for designing the the Ebel of Los Angeles and the Southwest Museum of American Indian in Mount Washington. Mm. Uh, Thomas W. Phillips, who had commissioned the construction of the three-story craftsman-style abode, was one of the original founding residents of L.A. Hmm. So it's been here a long time. Been here a long time. Long time, long time. So it it was actually deemed the part of the Los Angeles Historic Cultural Monument in 1991. So it has eight bedrooms, four baths, and it is a a whopping 7,707 square feet. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's big. That's twice the size of my house. And and it's a 0.4 zero acre plot of land it's a big house on that plot of land wait that's i'm sorry how many acres it's just (laughs) zero point four zero so it's like a little bit over a third yeah that is not much yard (laughs) no just house (laughs) and i feel like when it was first built it probably had more land and then as more houses piled on in l.a I think it just got... So, for perspective, that would be a house twice the size of mine on a lot half the size. Pretty much. Wow. Right? Wow. Mm -hmm. That's no backyard. That's no yard. No yard at all. Nope, nope, nope. Wow. Okay. 
well. Um, <laughs> that's a big house. Right? <laughs> Again, lady with the equations floating around. <laughs> I'm like, I had to think about it. I'm like, that's a big ass house. But if you look at the picture of it, it is really big. You I'm, can I'm tell. A, I'm it. It's really big. <laughs> um, but a fun fact about it, the actress of Butterfly McQueen actually lived there mm. at one point. So it's kind of cool. So um, some more locate uh, more movies have been filmed here as well. So the kitchen of the residence stood in for the Myers Kitchen in Rob Zombie's 2007 Halloween reboot. Mm. <laughs> it also appeared uh in the background of both season two um episode of lie to me and a season season three episode of brothers and sisters both shows that i did not watch but cool that it's still used oh for sure but it's it's a beautiful home like when you look at it, it, it's pretty cool looking. Oh yeah. Oh okay. I'm I'm there. I remember this house. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 I mean, it's like everywhere. Um, but it was last sold in 2021 for 1.6, which I'm surprised. That's low for LA. And that's for a house real that size, low. What happened? What's wrong with it? It's cursed. Well, I mean, it, look, it, it looks <laughs> What's wrong ha- with it. It looks haunted as shit. Um, I mean, it's old. It was built in 1909. You know what it reminds me of? You know there's of? some ghosts in there. It reminds me of the the house um, in Monster House. The one that eats you the people. You are right. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. I wouldn't mind getting a tour of it. I just Put need, some like, sage. I was going to say, like... <laughs> and that, that meme of the, the creature that's, like, doing the side, like, you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're going to... Na- you know talk about all these we gotta at least go and get some pictures that's true i don't know anyway that is true but check it out it's a really beautiful home and you know this time i will again another one that i missed that i knew about i'm going to take a picture of it indeed yes (laughs) okay i'm super excited for this one okay so i'm gonna like go in a little bit of a threesy here okay so this this is about the smith estate which for those of you that are not familiar with the Smith Estate, this is the home from the second Insidious movie. This is Josh's mom's home that they move into after Elise is murdered by the woman in black in their second home. So the ah. Smith Estate is also known as El Mio, uh, which exists, or it's it exists. It's definitely late. Um <laughs> So it's currently located at 5905 El Mio Drive in Highland Park, Los Angeles. We gotta go see this. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It really is. Now, most of the film was shot here inside and out. Oh, yes, really? Which, yes, which makes it so interesting. So the shots from the second movie that you're seeing are the actual inside of the house that's Um, amazing now honorable mention the original lambert house from the first insidious movie so this is where the movie starts when dalton astro travels and goes too far astral projects and goes too far um, and then they think that the house is haunted so they move this very first beautiful house is also in los angeles and it's located at 4350 victoria park uh in victoria park los angeles 
And the second house that they moved to is also in L.A., (laughs) which is uh, at 1153 South Point View Street, which is between Whitworth Drive and Packard Street in Midtown Los Angeles. This is not about those, though. This is about the Smith Estate. So the house was originally built for Judge David Patterson Hatch, and the National Register of uh, Homes actually indicates that it was built in 1890, but a newspaper article from July of 1887 actually reported that the house was already under construction. So... It was built a little bit earlier than that. Okay. So Judge Hatch was the original occupant, and the house was acquired by Charles Warren Smith in the mid or late 1890s and remained in the Smith family until the early 1960s. So that is the reason why it has become known as the Smith Estate. Charles Smith was a railroad man who was at various times the first vice president of the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. The the railroad lines. Sorry, had to do it. Um, Amazing. Little Bing Crosby. Uh, And he was also the receiver of the Atlantic and Pacific Railroad and the general manager of the Pasadena and Los Angeles Electric Railway Company. So, kids, you see, back before cars, (laughs) railroad was the way to go. There were two big industries to be in, railroads and newspapers. How things have changed. Yeah. Uh, Now it's all tech startups. So, during the Smith's occupancy, the home actually became known for its lavish parties, um, including wild fourth of july parties and unfortunately some super tropey and appropriative tea parties Hmm. modeled after japanese culture okay not okay (laughs) but you know yeah they that's just what they did but it became known for these lavish parties (laughs) so Los Angeles Deputy Mayor at the time, Michael Gage, bought the house in 1988 for $515,000. And at the time, the Los Angeles Times noted that Gage was an ardent preservationist, and he and his wife had both fallen in love with the home. So they noted that the house was built on a hilltop with four bedrooms and maids' quarters, had a view of Gage's office at L.A. City Hall. And he was credited in the late 1980s with reviving the political pulse of Mayor Tom Bradley's administration. So today, it has been remodeled and people live there. And it's worth a couple million dollars now. So if you were to buy it in 1988, you got it at a good price. But yeah, uh, as I mentioned, Insidious Chapter 2 was taught... Was taught? Again, it's late. I'm sorry. It was shot (laughs) extensively at this home at the smith estate that's so cool and it is featured inside and out we have to go take a picture of this i know place. but also the fact that the lambert house yep i don't really care so much about the second house the second house looks just like a house yeah but the lambert house is beautiful oh yeah i was looking at pictures i was like it's gorgeous damn i know so that one's in victoria park so maybe because we're going out and about on sunday mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to make like a little map yeah just a little quick map of our little places close by that we, we can leave a little by. early <laughs> adventure <laughs> for a little bit i'm going on an adventure <laughs> <laughs> uh all these homes we have, we have a long list i know <laughs> so the next one i'm going to talk about is christine's house from drag me to hell okay this house is so pretty it is 
it is so pretty i'm like i wish i had money because mm-hmm. it's probably oddly like one of it's in one of the nicer neighborhoods oh yeah you know and so you it, it's just kind of like you would never see it until like you go in that little loop in in that area it's really pretty over there oh yeah uh but anyway so yeah that's what i'm gonna talk about it is located at 1031 everett street and echo park it's kind of one that sticks out in that neighborhood for sure i did like um a little neighborhood view and all the other houses are nice don't get me wrong but this house i mean it stands out and there's other reasons why not just because of drag me to hell uh, so this was built in 1908. I mean, all the best houses are built so long ago. I know. <laughs> and they, and I love that they keep like some of, you know, the original designs of the house. I really appreciate that. Uh, but it just recently uh, sold. Uh, and actually, I was kind of surprised at the price. It just recently sold for over 1.3 million. That's it? That's it. And that was back in July 2021. Seems low. It seems very low, which I'm like, what happened? Because not only was it in Drag Me to Hell, um, they used it in the cop film Blue Streak, but most famously, Training Day. Oh, yeah. Yes. So that house is where, um, oh, gosh. <laughs> I just had it. Sorry. It's where they um, found uh, where Ethan Hawke's character he gets set up inside a drug dealer's house. Yeah. So it's it's and and people go visit not only for Drag Me to Hell. I mean that's why we would visit it. But the main <laughs> the main reason why people visit this house is because of Training Day. So I'm really surprised that it didn't go for more. And it has so much curb appeal. Yeah, I, I sound like a realtor. Um, <laughs> and it's in a nice area. There's yeah, a it's a nice really, really nice. Um, and Everett Park, it, it's kind of a big to do in LA in Echo Park. It's like one of the nicer areas, and there's a lot of historic homes there. Um, this one kind of being that, but I think it's more just used for like movie locations. And in, in general, that whole area has been used for other stuff, but um really pretty i went on redfin to see the inside oh it's beautiful it is so pretty uh i mean and just reading the descriptions i love what they write (laughs) but they wrote it as famously known as the training day house (laughs) well it sounds it truthfully that sounds better than the drag me to hell house i mean that's the reason why i would buy it sure but we're, we're also we are ourselves strange and unusual <laughs> you say you say um demonic curse sam Raimi. this is the house they use cool i'm like so i'm that's, there yeah we're in totally there <laughs> but i just love that in the end and it has a separate studio guest house so i don't know maybe i could see if it's for rent <laughs> but that's real far it's a real far drive real real far drive oh that's why because it's only 1700 square feet yeah but still but it just looks so big it looks big but i mean it is only um three bedrooms but yeah and, and I'm, I'm looking at the inside. i mean it's really pretty but 1.5 for 1700 square feet now i'm like okay this tracks yeah but i'm still i'm a little surprised this sounds like los angeles little surprised <laughs> and it just uh, 
just sold what last honestly a year ago oh that kitchen's tiny and those yeah. cabinets are awful but it's like perfect Except i don't know why for me i feel like it's just perfect yeah i don't want to big but burn those cabinets oh but i'm gonna keep that original stove though yes keep the stove burn the cabinets i'm good with that they're terrible i'm good with that no shade if this is your house sorry they're just d- d- those cabinets <laughs> i mean <laughs> i would decorate time. it completely in a different way but it's the cutest little house it would be and Barbie pink. the only thing that i would say that i don't like about it is traffic from dodger stadium but anyway oh, <laughs> that's my one thing <laughs> did you hear my, my grunting yeah, side because oh. everybody knows oh. about leaving from dodger stadium it is a nightmare and i'm sure the people that live over there absolutely fucking hate it mm-hmm. because i know if i lived there i'd be like oh god what are these mfers going home <laughs> right <laughs> why are there so many cops everywhere because um, <laughs> they're like they're you know kind of you know it's not the safest place to be yeah and you know drunk people leaving the game and anyway but but uh, another location from this movie that is so pretty is the Doheny mansion mm-hmm. that was used. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of it. It's actually part of the, uh, the Mount St. Mary's university. Mm-hmm. We have to go see this one too. It is beautiful. So, so beautiful. But I have been there. Oh, you have? Yes. That's cool. And I don't remember why, but beautiful house. Check it out. Gosh, seriously, our list is very long. <laughs> it is very long. But we are at the end. Yes. Um, so the lastly The best for last. <laughs> had to had to do it. It's not from a movie, but it's from a series. And it is probably the most iconic spooky house. The Rosenheim Mansion. I want to live there. From American Horror Story Murder House. I'm gonna buy it. Right? Someday. Someday <laughs> when I win the lotto. I gotta find my picture that I took out, uh, that I took in front yes! of Yes! And I'll update our post. Um, so this is located at 1120 Westchester Place in Los Angeles. It is right outside of K-Town, like a block outside of um, Koreatown. Sorry, I said K-Town because I just assumed that everybody lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah so it's right outside of koreatown um and it's really in kind of a strange area like so many other things in la you have just these beautiful historic homes surrounded by a lot of weirdness it's very strange yeah so a little bit of history architect alfred rosenheim relocated to la from st louis in 1902 and he built this beautiful home it's it's red with these gorgeous like turreted tops on it um and it's situated on a hill in county club park neighborhood that became known as billionaire row so that makes sense right so some of his neighbors included one you just mentioned uh the kinneys and the doheny's mm-hmm. and he was a colossally notable architect of his time having built many other la ma- uh landmarks such as the hellman building in downtown oh the hamburgers and may company department store the north broadway bridge cameo theater and the eugene w Brit house wow so 
This mansion features Tiffany stained glass. Of course it, it does. It's gorgeous, like some of what you saw from, from the mm-hmm. series. Um, Italian brickwork and exotic wood finishes. It also has six fireplaces, because if one is good, then six are better. Yeah, of course. Uh, right, as you do. A gold leaf ceiling. Hey, me too. A solarium, a semicircular library, and an ultra-private high-end recording studio. So I immediately, as soon as I read this, I started trying to find, I'm like, okay, so what's in it? Mm-hmm. I work in the audio industry. Yeah, what's right. In there? How do I get in this how do, house? How do I see what's in there? Does it, do they need mics? I'll deliver them. Let, let me help you. Right. Um, so it's been featured in numerous TV productions, including Alfred Hitchcock presents Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Bones, Law, and Law and Order SVU. Uh, Olivia Benson. So in 2011, it was actually chosen as most of us know it as the location of the first season of American Horror Story: Murder House. So, to better facilitate filming in the mansion, a large addition was built that was once used as a church. It is now a private residence, and it does not offer tours. Oh, womp womp. Well, actually, asterisk. Put a pin in that. Okay. Um, so, the chapel that was added on during the time when the home was actually owned by nuns and used as a convent. Ah, Okay interesting right Mm -hmm. so the blog actually that had all this information actually adds that the rosenheim family were the home's first residents but then after them uh it was occupied by wealthy mining magnet named aj quarters aj mcquarters and then after him it became a convent until the nuns sold the house for a conservative three million dollars in 1994 it's for the lord it's it's the lord would want us to have three million dollars um like don't they take a vow of poverty whatever um and and oh oh it's also worth noting that three million dollars was in 1994 oh yeah and it had been damaged by an earthquake okay three million in 94. Wow. After damage from yeah. an earthquake. Wow. Those nuns cleaned house. Mm-hmm. The penguins are sitting pretty. <laughs> so the current owners of the house actually ended up suing the brokers that sold it to them. Oh. Right? So in 2018, the couple sued their real estate brokers for not disclosing just how many tourists resti- routinely stopped by to gawk at it. Present, I mean, present company included. Uh, um. And they the suit labeled the house as a, quote, macabre tourist attraction for fans of the TV show. I mean, that's how I want my show, my house described. I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> and that also noted that hundreds of fans would come to the property, trespass, attempt to break in, and create significant nuisance, not only for the seller, but for the neighbors as well. Okay, so okay, here's no, the okay, thing. Okay, this is where you're crossing the line. <laughs> yes, so here's the thing. One... Do your damn research before you buy your house. Don't y'all Google a property before you buy it? I mean, I do. Right? But I don't own anything. My house was on a TV show, and you better believe I freaking watched it. (laughs) I won't move into a house without knowing everything about it. Um, So first off, why didn't you Google it? Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you go to the Rosenheim Mansion now, there is the jankiest looking crappy it looks so bad chain link rent a fence that is around that it anybody can cut and walk through yeah so here's a thought <laughs> capitalize on this which they ended up doing which i'll get to in a minute if you can buy a house that expensive you can afford a nice fucking gate 
I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. Like, put a decent ass gate on it because it just looks like a damn eyesore. <laughs> so anyway, after they were done deciding to try to sue their brokers, um, they changed their tune and decided to use the home's history in their favor. Um, they decided to stay in the house and not leave it. And in October of 2020, they turned this into a business of sorts, a charging fans a fee in order to attend an online live stream of seances taking place inside the house in the days leading up to Halloween. Oh, hmm. oh. Okay. Okay. So apparently you weren't that inconvenienced. Yeah, right. So they even offered a chance for a few fans to spend the night in the home's basement. No. No, it's a no from me. No, you couldn't pay me. I will stay in the upstairs area. Mm Mm-hmm. But no, thank you. No Mm -hmm. to the basement. Uh, They did say that they would donate a portion of the proceeds to charity. Mm. Asterisk portion mm-hmm. of the proceeds sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. portion could be a dollar exactly it's a portion yep and last bit of info the house is said to be haunted in real life i believe that i do too so uh there was a there was actually a researcher who went in and started digging around a little bit and said that friends that were visiting the home reported seeing the apparition of a butler going up and down the stairs and that the daughter of a previous owner had confirmed seeing a butler spirit as well it's always the kids Mm-hmm. and uh she had also spoken to a former nun who lived there when it was a convent and the sister said that she had seen the spirit of a fellow nun who passed away in a rocking chair rocking back and forth no thank you nope hard pass i'm not, don't put me down for rocking chair nuns yeah nope nope and that is the historic and fabulous rosenheim mansion that's amazing I love it. That's fun. I still want to go inside. I don't want to stay, though. No. I just want to go inside, take pictures, and then go home. I mean, I'll pay a fee, and then they yeah. can donate a portion of that fee to 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people. Indeed. Uh, well, glad they capitalized on it, though. Right? Finally. But please, use the whatever portion of the charity. Hopefully, it's the charity to get a better gate. Or fencing, excuse it's just, me. It's <laughs> I hope that's what the charity is. Well, and I'm like, what happened to the to the wrought iron gate that they had filming American Horror Stories? Yeah, I'm curious if maybe they just brought that in. But so you could have just asked them to leave it. I would have. Like, it's just hey, I'll give you half. It's a used gate because. Paris Jackson touched it. So there, it's now used. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway. Uh, but this one was fun. Yeah. I mean, there's so many more. <laughs> there's so many more homes. We just started with the first part of LA. Um, but yeah, if there are any other spooky homes that you've been to, send us your pictures and we'll post them. Yes, please. On our social media accounts. Please share with us. But for now, it's late. Yes, it is. Wow. It is tomorrow. It is tomorrow. We have lots to do. We have lots to do today. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. But fun things. Yes. So don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And please like and subscribe to wherever you listen to us. 
on your podcast network. Give us a rating. Yes, and rate us. And please know that if you compare us to Joni Mitchell, we don't take that as an insult to the man (laughs) who left the snarky review. Oh, God. I'll never forget. (laughs) Never forget. We will rebuild. (laughs) Um, Well, hopefully we'll have some more spookiness for you soon. Indeed. Not tonight, though. Yeah, not tonight. I'm tired. Now we're back to taking another break. (laughs) Indeed. Creep it real. We'll scare you later. Good night. Bye.